As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? There, no one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all these I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at, the, at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for human beings, it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, We have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you. There is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. The Gospel of the Lord. Good to be with you all this morning, and uh, still finishing up these last speaking events that have been on my calendar for a couple of years. So I got in at midnight last night. So if I look a little tired, that's why. But it was a great. It was uh, it was a really great couple of days, and um, and it's really a joy to have this children's mass. And, and as Amanda was up reading and her sister was up reading, I was, I was like, oh, that's, that's really fitting for today's readings. And, and it's one of those, those things that the liturgical year always, it kind of just provides us with what we need. And, and when we have eyes to see it, like every Sunday is a great gift because because the way that the Lord through the church has planned out the readings tend to reflect what's going on in our lives. And today we have this story of the rich young man who goes to our Lord and, and he asks this question. 
And, and it's really a question that, that, that calls to mind a distinction between duty and virtue, or between continence and virtue, if, if we use more academic terms, which is really a distinction between duty and love. Because he asks this question, like, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and, and so he wants to know, like, what's my duty? What do I have to do? And, and the Lord responds to the question. He just says, well, you know what you have to do. You have to follow the commandments. Don't kill anybody. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you're good. But then he, then he goes on and he says, but I've, I've observed all these from my youth, and that implies that he's looking for something more, right? He's looking for something more. Like, like there has to be something more than that. And then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him. Right? And that, that line is really important. He loved him and said to him, go sell what you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. And then he goes away sad. It doesn't say what happens after that. And, and I like to think that he went away sad, spent some time grieving his losses, and then he went back to our Lord. But really the question that he asks is, is this question of like, how can I have more? Like, like, there must be something more than, than simply, like, following the rules. There must be something more than just doing my duty. And, and doing my duty is, is the first sort of step. But the something more is, is to have enough space in my heart so when the look, Lord looks at me and he loves me, I'm able to receive that. I'm able to receive that. But in order to receive that, I have to let go of the things that are in the way. You know, I have to let go of the things that are occupying the space that our Lord wants to occupy. And so that can be manifested in going and selling what we have. And, and then our Lord talks about that relationship of, of money or wealth to the kingdom of heaven. And it's difficult for one who is wealthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because when we're wealthy, we just have things that occupy space in our hearts. You know, we just have things that occupy space in our hearts. You know, we, we might have things and we think about our things instead of like, oh, I don't have to think about that, right? I don't have to think about that. You know, like how many times a day, like maybe you're like me, maybe you're not like me and you're really detached, but... But like, oftentimes I'll be like, do I have my phone? No, or, you know, or did I leave it somewhere? And, and, and it's just like, do I have my phone? And because my phone is worth a lot to me, and, and so I'll just spend a certain amount of time preoccupied about whether or not I have it with me. You know, like whether or not I have it with me. I'm constantly checking my Amazon account, like, when is that package coming? Mostly that's because I want to raise money for the CCD program and it's all on Amazon Smile, right? Um, no, actually, mostly it's because like, I'm like, buying things and, and I think about those things. You know, then there's the other things that occupy our heart, like those material things. They're just, 
kind of a symbol, but, but the, the other things that can occupy our heart are like, like unforgiveness or resentments that we're holding on to or our pride or the way I think the world should be and the world's not that way or like what's going on politically. Like these are the things that occupy our heart. And they take up the space that our Lord wants to take up in our life. And, and so going and selling what we have also might mean letting go of some of those things and some of our expectations about those things. And really that's just to, to make space. And, and so I talked about grief and, and when he goes away sad, he goes away sad because he's going to let go of some things. And, and when we let go of those things, we have to grieve them. And we have to grieve them. Even when we let go of resentment, we have to grieve it because sometimes, you know, like anger fuels our life and, you know, and like there are some people who are just motivated by like, like I'm going to outdo that person. And there was a time in my life when like I, I was fueled by this kind of resentment I had because of somebody who had hurt me and like I'm going to show them. You know, I think oftentimes at West Point, like the thing that drove me was this one kid in high school who predicted that I would like wash out in the first like four weeks. And I'm like, I'm going to show that guy. And, and, and that took up space, you know, in my heart or, or like as a priest, I can have expectations about what my life is going to look like and what my assignment's going to be and, and things like that. And then... And then I have to let, let go of my expectation to let our Lord, to let our Lord love me. Unholy self-reliance, you know, self-reliance, it's also related to having wealth because when we have wealth, we don't have to like depend on anybody. We can be independent. But self-reliance also, it, it takes up this space that our Lord wants in our hearts because he desires for us to rely on him. And so we have to grieve those things. Like when we give up sin, we have to grieve our sin because our sin might have been the thing that helped us through life. And, and when we go through that grieving process, then we're open to the gifts that our Lord desires for us. And because and Peter says, well, we've given up everything. What will there be for us is what it says in another gospel. And then our Lord promises, there's no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters, mother, father, children, lands for my sake and the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age and in the age to come. Our Lord promises us even now that we'll receive a hundred times more. You know, and he delivers on that promise. You know, he delivers on that promise. You know, and I, I think about how blessed I've been since like moving here and, and how like this was not my expectation. And I just had to go to our Lord and say, I'm giving this to you and like I need to be open to everything that you want for me. And, and I'm like so grateful every single day. And, uh, but I had to create enough space in my heart, you know, like because otherwise I could walk around and go like, like, you know, the, the, the assignment committee doesn't know what they're doing and I'm more talented and like all of that kind of stuff, which is ridiculous, you know. And that shouldn't be a surprise because I'm sure like, like how many of you like are like, my boss doesn't appreciate me, doesn't understand how gifted I am. 
right? Probably. But when we're willing to let that go, when we let that go, and we have to grieve that and say, okay, I'm going to like stop relying on myself and I'm going to start relying on our Lord. And so when he looks at me and he loves me, I can receive that. And that moves me. And that moves me. And that's the difference between being consonant or being driven by duty and being virtuous, which is being driven by love. You know, when we have virtue, we, we know what we're supposed to do and we do it because of love. We do it because of love. And when we're virtuous, we have joy. Right? Joy is the fruit of the virtuous life. When, when we're continent, that means we do what we're supposed to do, but is everything's kind of a drudgery and everything's kind of a toil, and it's all about self-discipline, which is also about self-reliance. And there's no joy. And that's when we fall into, like, I'm doing all the right things, and these people aren't doing the right things. And the difference is, is there space in our heart to receive the look of love. And so when we clear out like all of those things that we hold on to and Jesus looks at us and he loves us, then we're moved by his love and everything else that we do. And as we have like the witness of our young people today, you know, our young people are a reminder to us that, that we're all called to be like children in relationship with God, we're all supposed to be dependent. We're all supposed to be as open and curious and hopefully joy-filled as these children. And even our Lord, when he speaks to his disciples, he addresses them, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God because he's reminding us that that we're called to that life of radical dependence on him. And when we start to live that way, we do in fact receive a hundred times more. And so today let us pray that that wherever we are in that spectrum of, of being motivated by duty or being motivated by love, that, that our Lord does whatever it takes in our own hearts to remove every obstacle to receiving from him, to noticing how he looks at us with love, and that his love will move us in every thought, every word, and every work of our lives.